0: welcome to is it halloween yet episode three a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask is it halloween yet i'm afraid not ghouls ghosts and goblins it's 185 days until halloween i'm your ghost spencer let's see what we have on the slab this week before we get into this week's news, I want to take a second and talk about the gatekeeping that was exposed in the horror podcast community last week. Isn't Halloween yet? Is a very small podcast, but in its short first incarnation and now during its relaunch, I have received nothing but a warm reception. I realize that isn't the case for everyone in our community, though. The gatekeeping attack on both Nightmare on Fear Street and Nightmare on Fifth Street was completely unwarranted. Kimmy from Nightmare on Film Street, statement, was not an apology. She doesn't acknowledge what she did that was wrong. She doesn't acknowledge who she wronged or what steps she will take to mend her behavior going forward. The fact that she weaponized her grief, her mental health, and frankly, her white woman tears is wrong. Instead of taking stock on how her behavior was harmful, regardless of her intent, She centered her pain and tries to paint the victims of her actions as people who don't respect the space that she has carved out. The only person who wasn't respecting people's work was her. John's silence and the fact that they seem to just be waiting out this storm is disappointing. I listened to Nightmare on Film Street for years now. It was one of the first horror podcasts that got me into horror podcasts. I cannot be more disappointed in John and Kimmy after all of their grand overtures of how they want to make horror inclusive. But when pushed on making a mistake, which we will all make mistakes, they completely didn't take ownership of those mistakes. We can all have funny, punny names and thrive. There's room enough for all of us to find our little part of the horror community. So I hope that you will give Nightmare on Fierce Street and Nightmare on Fifth Street a listen. I'm sad that I found these great podcasts under this circumstance, but I'm grateful to have found their voices and their community. So let's get on to the news. Netflix is bringing us the Turkish thriller series Fatima. It's out now. The story revolves around a cleaning woman who's trying to piece together her husband's disappearance while also taking justice, via murder, into her own hands. It's top of my list for when the Crips Media Room has a TV. Scream Factory hit us with a bunch of Blu-ray announcements. My personal favorite is Brotherhood of the Wolf, which will be headed your way on July 27th. Also worthy of a spot in your collection is the 2005 remake of House of Wax, a fun horror movie with a sexist-as-fuck marketing campaign. This new collector's edition has an interview with Paris Hilton, so I'll definitely be picking that up on July 13th. Also coming is The Dead Zone, A Stranger is Watching, Chamber of Horror, and Horror Comedy Eight-Legged Freaks. I'll have a link to Scream Factory's site in the show notes. Night of the Living Dead is getting a Karen makeover. Showtime's anthology, Cinema Toast, is remixing public domain films. This includes the beloved classic, Night of the Living Dead. As we all know, that movie infamously forgot to put its trademark on the title screen and has been in the public domain since its release. Martha Cunningham is turning Night of the Living Dead into Attack of the Karens. Karen's have been the running horror plot of America, the TV show, for the past hundred years or so, so I'm glad to see they're getting their big screen debut. Call in the spirits, wherever they're at. Rap on the table. It's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Disneyland gave us a peek at the much-anticipated haunted mansion refurb. We saw a new ghostly painting some much-needed TLC to the drapes and the wallpaper. I cannot wait to see the reactions from people when the park opens at the end of the month. No surprise, this is my favorite ride at Disneyland, and I can't wait to see my old friend Leota in person again. This isn't the only message the Seards have sent us from the mansion. Be sure to stay tuned to the news! Zack Snyder is back in the horror business with Army of the Dead. As someone who has been very critical of his DC showing, I'm glad to see him back at the genre that made me a fan of his work. I know a lot of ghouls will be upset that he's making zombies smarter, faster, and social, but I'm really interested in seeing this take on our favorite mindless eating machines. There's a zombie queen, and also there's an undead tiger, so I am absolutely there. You can check out the trailer now, and it will hit theaters on May 14th, and then Netflix on May 21st. The mastermind behind the banana splits the movie is remaking one of my favorite gory slasher flicks, Slumber Party Massacre for Sci-Fi. Ash versus the Evil Dead head writers Suzanne Kelly and Danishka Esther Hayes are writing and directing this updated bloodbath. I cannot wait to see how they're going to bring this into the modern era. I hope Instagram's involved. I hope they are very millennial women. In this slumber party. It'll probably be Gen Z because that's who would be having a slumber party. I just think it could be a really interesting concept to see how that's done. Master of Horror Stephen King is coming to Apple TV Plus in June with Leslie's Story, starring Juliana Moore and Clive Owen. King will write the adaptation, which could be good or could be bad. <laughs> All I know is that given that it's on Apple TV, it will have a production budget behind it. That is the one thing I have really respected about Apple TV, is that they give creatives the budget they need to make the shows they want to make. I really enjoyed the first season of Servant, and that seems to be the closest thing that Apple TV Plus has done to horror. Your next writer, Simon Barrett, is taking his first stab at directing with Seance, a story about an all-girls academy... And what happens when a group of girls perform a seance? One of them ends up dead by morning, and it leaves the rest of them to wonder what kind of ancient evil they have awoken. The trailer for this looks awesome. I love the faces in a black hole that disappear, that are clearly like a nod to the exorcist, like, right? Like, I love all of that kind of stuff. I also loved your next, so I can't. I can't wait to see this. Ghostface is back, and this time he isn't taking any chances on his identity getting leaked before showtime. Learning the lesson that horror fans are a spoiler-hungry bunch when Scream 2's script was leaked. The creatives behind Next Winter's Scream 5 have multiple versions of the script. Several different edits and endings have been planned to keep us all off track of who Ghostface could really be. Count me excited for next January to see the next installment and probably my favorite franchise it's a tie probably between this and Halloween I waffle back and forth I really like Ghostface I think his design's great I think it has less bad movies I mean it just has less movies in general than Halloween but it has a more consistent plot and theme than Halloween and I really like Scream 4 I know people don't but I really like it I think it's good if you couldn't tell I'm a big Elvira Mistress of the Dark fan She's the ultimate horror host, in my opinion, and the fact that I call myself the Ghostess is a nod to her. Well, great news, fellow Elvira fans. Her comics are coming back. The comic book run from the 90s will be put together as an omnibus edition with a hardcover and an ultimate darkness edition signed by Elvira herself. Be sure to check out the podcast notes for a link to the Kickstarter. Speaking of nostalgia, House of the Dead is getting a remake, and it's coming to Nintendo Switch. I don't know if you were like me, ghouls, but I played so much of House of the Dead and House of the Dead 2 at the local mini-golf place growing up. I can't wait to get these for the Nintendo Switch. Also in Nintendo's Indie World presentation, we got a look at Oxenfree 2. We'll be playing the first Oxenfree on my Friday Night Frights on my Twitch channel. The link will also be in the show notes. I can't wait to bring more horror games to my Twitch channel, and I hope that you'll join me there. It'll be a frightfully good time. Two of my favorite creatives are coming together. Mike Flanagan is directing an adaptation of Christopher Pike's first adult novel, Season of Passage. It's a sci-fi horror that takes place on Mars, when a doctor makes a trip to the Red Planet after the mission before her has gone missing. Are they dead, or is something more sinister happening to them on the Red Planet? I uh, loved this book as a kid. I love all Christopher Pike. I am on the hunt to collect paperback copies of Christopher Pike novels for my office. I think they will be cool. I want to be able to read through them. And all of that art is so like formative to my horror fandom, and love that I just want to have them. So I'm very excited. I know he's also doing the Midnight Club adaptation for Netflix, and I can't wait to see that either. I love Mike Flanagan. I love his work. I love Christopher Pike. This is like a batch made in heaven for me. Resident Evil will join Dead by Daylight this summer. We've gotten very few details beyond a survivor dropping an Umbrella corpse charm. But we should be getting a look at who the killer is, who the survivors are, at the fifth anniversary stream for Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight is five years old, which is amazing. They're going to celebrate that on May 25th. I'm excited to see who they pick. Resident Evil has such a great stable of killers and survivors that like, it feels like anything they pick would be awesome. So yeah. I can't wait. Uh, we'll also be playing Dead by Daylight a lot on Friday night frights. So, if you want to play, if you want to teach me how to be a good survivor, I'm only really good at killer. <laughs> Stop on by. Rob Zombie's Monster adaptation is rumored to be a Peacock exclusive, much like how HBO and WB are doing day-and-date streaming releases with HBO Max. NBC and Universal seem to be wanting to try the same with Zombie's Monsters. I really like this. It feels like a good way for more mid budget movies to get made. I think the rumored budget for this is like 20 to 40 million. I feel like that's a really good way for mid budget, especially horror and other genre films, to get made. I hope we see that continue because I really feel like that has been the biggest disappointment in Hollywood for me in the past. I don't know, seven to ten years, I guess since Marvel really started to like eat up the box office, is that there are very, very low budget indie films and there are mega blockbusters and everything in the middle is kind of just gone. So I think streaming will help bring that back, especially if they do this uh, day and date with the movie theater. And who knows, there's going to be a lot of people who don't want to go to a movie theater Anytime soon, even if they do get vaccinated. Speaking of HBO Max, we're going to talk about Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It. The trailer was released last week, and I am not here for it. The first two Conjuring movies made me uncomfortable, but not in such a way that I couldn't enjoy them for what they were. I know that the horror community loves Ed and Lorraine Warren, but there's... so far from the heroes that these movies portray them to be and i get it it's fantasy like i understand it's a fictionalized movie we do this with biopics i'm not super like into that either and when we were dealing with possession the stakes seemed low enough that i could like turn off my feelings about ed and lorraine and enjoy the big budget ghost story in front of me it's different when we're talking about a real life murder case. So The Conjuring will be the show's first big deep dive in a series. As soon as three gets in a release date, I'll schedule episodes for Conjuring One and Two and an omnibus episode for the Conjuring verse. I really want to get into the fact and the fiction, things that have been proven wrong. I really wanna like try to shed some light on the actual legitimate case behind the Conjuring Three. So that we have context for what we're watching. And I think that that's important. Horror can pull things from real life. But I think that it has to be more careful about it than other genres. Because we are dealing with such emotional high stakes a lot of times. I promised more Haunted Mansion news. And now this ghostess is delivering. Justin Simeon, director of Dear White People, has been tapped to direct... The Kate Dippold written Haunted Mansion movie. The film will be a standalone film, but I hope it will include some of our favorite ghosts from the mansion. The first try at adapting this beloved attract The first try at adapting this beloved transaction into film didn't go so well. 2003's Haunted Mansion is hated by audiences and critics alike. Hopefully, the rich lore that Disney has created with the Society of Explorers and Adventurers to connect the Haunted Mansion to both Mystic Manor and Tokyo Disneyland's Tower of Terror will be a fruitful place for them to get lore for this movie. I would love to see Harrison Hightower III on the big screen. If you do not know what the Society of Explorers and Adventurers is... I will link you to a Crying on Main Street episode where they get into all about it. It's this very cool thing that Disney has done to connect various attractions in the park. I mean, that's one of the things I love about Disney parks is that they tell a story in a theme park also. So you should check it out if you like spooky things because it's based a lot on those three spooky attractions. Our final story today... Adam Wingard, reveals he was inspired by the oh-so-bad-it's-good cult classic Jason X. I mean, how much Jason X can there be in the news? It was trending on Twitter the other week. Now we're talking about it here. I'm glad that this movie is getting the love and respect it deserves. Uh, The kills in that movie are fantastic, even if the plot is lacking. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes you just need a good there-for-the-kills movie. If I'm in that mood, it's Jason X every time. So... During a Reddit AMA, Wigard revealed that the fight with the Noziki was inspired by the holodeck kill in Jason X, where Jason beats the camper to death in their sleeping bag. This fight was awesome before knowing where the inspiration comes came from, and now you cannot unsee it. After you know that and go back and watch it, you just can't unsee it. It makes it more epic to me. I hope that we get more of Adam Wingard's, like, horror sensibility in future MonsterVerse movies. I hope we get future MonsterVerse movies. I think I saw maybe something a little bit. We'll probably talk about it next week. Son of Kong, maybe? Sign me up. It's now, now time to talk about the Mortal Kombat review. Get over here! I went into this as a lifelong Mortal Kombat original fan. I hate Raiden. There's things I don't like about it. I hate Raiden. Like, I think that's, like, pretty low-key. Everyone has that feeling. But I have loved that movie just because it was silly and campy and everything that, like, I as a child wanted a Mortal Kombat movie to be. This new Mortal Kombat movie is good. I like it. I think it's really fun. I think if you like the Mortal Kombat franchise, then you will absolutely enjoy this i i'm trying to do this in vague generalities now before we get to the spoilery part of the review because i i don't want to spoil it for people who want to see it i mean it's hard to spoil a movie like mortal Kombat, but i still want to be sensitive and respect people's thing i think that it doesn't overstay its welcome it is fast enough paced that you keep going through it. If you really want to see some awesome martial arts fighting sequences, this movie has got you covered. That opening sequence with Scorpion and Sub-Zero is one of my favorite one of my favorite fights on screen at least of the past couple years. I just I like it. It doesn't do It I like it. It doesn't it doesn't make you feel like you have to be an expert at the insane batshit lore of the Mortal Kombat series, which has just gotten crazier and crazier and crazier since Mortal Kombat 9. The last 3 games have just been wild. I think people will be disappointed about who got left out, who got to be in it. I think that that's always gonna be a a problem with a property like Mortal Kombat. You can't like, it is amazing that Marvel shoved all the Avengers into Avengers Endgame in a way that felt like, okay. I don't see how you could do that with Mortal Kombat. You have to make cuts. And so hopefully we'll get a sequel where we can see more of everybody's favorite characters. So now I am going to transition into the spoiler. So once you hear the Banshee scream, that means it's spoiler time. Ah! All right. Can we just talk about Goro? (laughs) He's the CGI people have a complaint with. I don't. I think it's great. I, I think his scene is great. I am a little sad that they take him off the board, but, like, it's Mortal Kombat. People are going to have to die. Like, that's part of it, right? And I think it understood that and just was like, it, it's just got to happen, right? I really like this story with Baihan Sub-Zero and Hanzo Hadashi Scorpion. I think they do a really good job of setting up those two as, like, the main conflict and cole young is a great addition like i like his arcana i think his powers pretty sick and i think his like costume design looks cool and i think that they were right to make a original look in character for the audience I think if it would have been Johnny Cage, and they tease Cage at the end, I think we're going to get Cage in a sequel. I think this movie's done well enough to get a sequel, so we're lucky on that fact. But I think Johnny Cage has too much baggage for not committed Mortal Kombat fans to get in. And Cole Young really offers a, a way in for people who don't play this video game, so... That's exciting because it expands who can be interested in Mortal Kombat. And maybe then they'll pick up the video game. And, like, I don't mind losing Johnny Cage to get that. I mean, we had Kano, who is awesome. Joss Larson as Kano is fantastic. I love the heel turn. I love... (sighs) the part where he pulls the heart out Kano wins like I do love that they interjected a lot of your favorite sayings into this movie in a way that felt like fun where you could like cheer and scream and like just have fun granted again we're moving so the crypt is not fully furnished or anything yet we have like a lot of our stuff coming our tv is one of those things that's coming and so i watched this just hanging out on my ipad with spatial audio on and it was great i felt like i was immersed in it even though i wasn't watching it on a tv so i do suggest please watch this on the biggest screen you have That said, I can't wait to watch it once the TV's here. Like, once the TV is here and we have the couch and all that stuff, like, I can't wait to watch this again. Yeah, it's just silly and fun and it doesn't take itself too seriously. I was afraid that with Shang Tsung, we would get too tied down into who is his boss, right? Like, what's the conflict between Shang Tsung and Lord Raiden? And they really just didn't do that. They really just left those characters to be, like, Kind of the people guiding the story along so it could focus on the heroes. My one complaint is that I wish there was more Melina. Like, give me that big teeth girl any day of the week. I love her. I wish there was more of her in it. That, like, is my complaint, is that there isn't enough Melina. But, again, like, it's hard to balance. How many are there? One, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten different Mortal Kombat characters in this. That's crazy. So they did a good job of balancing it. I think they did a, handled a really good job with uh, Jax. I liked that storyline. I liked the interplay between him and Sonya Blade. Yeah, all in all, this was an enjoyable experience. I like it. I can't wait to watch it again. You should watch it before it leaves HBO Max. Or I guess if you're vaccinated and like comfortable going to the movie theater go to the movie theater see it it was great that's that's my thing it was great it's fun good fun not trying to change cinema or push forward the genre but a really solid movie for a sub-genre of video game movies that seems to mess it up every time it tries not this time they really got it done and they really did it so that's it for this week's is it halloween yet I'm the Ghost Dispenser. You can find me all over the internet as Miss MissNintendeak64. You can check out my video game podcast, The Weekly Patch. It comes out on Wednesdays at theweeklypatch.com. You want to connect with me and the podcast? You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at a Halloween club. Soon to be on TikTok, too. That's going to do it for me this week. Have a great night. Sleep well or don't.